I was born in Tucson, Arizona, and then our family PCS'd to Chicksands, England. Born in Tacoma, Washington on whatever our Air Force Navy base. And then we moved to Travis Air Force Base. Soon after I was born, I moved to California. I was there for about two years. Then I moved to England. That was my first move, and then we did it again six months later after that. And then another nine months later after that, it just kept going. It was so fast. It was like boom, boom, boom. Because people know that you're in the military, sometimes they'll start dissing themselves before you even leave. Charlie's at work. The children are going to school. They have friends. What about me? Welcome to This Military Life Podcast, our place to hear conversations and stories from real people about the immense influence the military has on everyone. I'm Danielle Brown and I grew up in a military household until I was in college where I studied media creation. It was there when I decided to talk to people, listen to their stories, and create a documentary podcast series about this military life. This episode focuses on military moves and permanent change of stations. For some military families, they'll move a lot or a little, depending on the service member's career path. I asked my dad to tell me about how many times he's moved. I was born in Tucson, Arizona, and then our family PCS'd to England, Chicksands, England. Um, a PCS is a permanent change of station, so we just kind of shorten it to PCS, and that sort of defines when you move every two and a half, three years, or whatever it might be. But anyway, we went to, from Tucson, Arizona, to Chicksands, England, then to Hampton Roads, Virginia, then Mountain Home, Idaho, then Montgomery, Alabama, San Antonio, Texas, Montgomery, Alabama, Travis Air Force Base, California, Colorado Springs, and then I was in college at that point. So for the most part, I lived in Colorado for the next five years, but my parents moved further on to England, and then that was my dad's last tour of duty. But then I obviously joined the Navy and kept moving, so I went from Colorado to Pensacola, Florida, Corpus Christi, Texas, Meridian, Mississippi, Kingsville, Texas, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Fallon, Nevada, Lemoore, California, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Warwick, Rhode Island, Stuttgart, Germany, Lemoore, California, Fallon, Nevada, Boulder, Colorado. My Nana told me about what it was like for her as a military spouse when my dad was little and their family would need to change stations for my grandpa's career. When we moved, I would feel like an orphan. And when we got there, Charlie would put on his blue uniform and go to work. Now, there were probably people he knew by phone conversations, by conferences. Maybe he had been stationed with someone. So there was someone there normally that he had some connection with. And he was immediately with people on his own intellectual level. And he could get right back, in, right back into working. Then I had to worry about the children, get them in school, um, hopefully find them friends, 
and then every get the house ready and that was very important my house was my house became a home very quickly i got up the pictures the curtains the whole nine yards because making a house a home was the best thing for my family and then i would say okay charlie's at work the children are going to school they have friends what about me i need to find someone to be a friend. And that was always really hard for me. I had my friend Noah tell me about all the places he's lived. I was born in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, Soon after I was born, I moved to California. I was there for about two years. Then I moved to England. I was there for another couple years. Then I moved back to Virginia Beach. Managed to stay there for about 10 years. And then I moved to Belleville, Illinois, and I've, I've been living there for about five, about six years now. So you were young when you went overseas. That is true. Do you have a lot of memories from that time? I, I really don't. Um, I, I was about four years old at the time. Like, my family did have a lot of pictures. So I know, like, while I was in England, like, my family, yeah, like, my, my, younger, my youngest sister was born there. So for the first part, I guess, of, like, when we were living there, it was just, like, my younger brother and I. And, you know, we have, like, a lot of pictures of us traveling to different parts of Europe. Like, while I was in England, I was part of a um, Montessori program, which is, like, the UK equivalent of, like, pre-K. And, like, with most of, like, my, like, memories from England, they're, like, snapshots, basically. Or, like, I might get, like, you know, images of my head, like, oh, that's, like, I've been in that place. Or, like I said, like, there were, like, a lot of pictures from that time. You know, if I, like, look at a picture, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. My old roommate Sarah told me about where she was born and the places she's lived since then. Born in Tacoma, Washington on whatever our Air Force Navy base. Can't remember what it's called. We went and visited one time, still can't remember what it's called. So your parents were living there? Mm Mm-hmm. Before I was born, they lived there for about six years. I was there, Jacob and I were there for about 19 months. Um, So they were there like probably four years prior to us being born. And then... We were born only there, and then we were there for like another 19 months. And then we moved to Travis Air Force Base. And then we had Kate. Kate's 22 months younger than Jacob and I. So it was like they moved, and then my mom was like, kid, baby. And then we lived there for like six or seven years. And then when I was eight, we moved to Colorado. My mom told me about her experience moving her life around with the military. The beginning... I didn't even, I mean, I'd never even moved like this. I mean, my dad was in the army, but I was little for those moves, and it was just a couple of them. And this was like, okay, we're in Pensacola, and this is my first experience, like, moving with the military. And here come these movers, and they come into your place, and they start packing everything up for you, loaded up on a truck, and then they said, okay, we'll show up at your next place. And then they show up at your next place and unload everything. And I was told, you know, to just keep an eye on everybody, or an eye on all the packing to make sure that it's all packed appropriately and, you know, that sort of thing. And, and, and you should stay, you know, walking around and just keep an eye on everything. So I'm like, okay, so I did all of that. And that was my first move. And then we did it again six months later after that. And then another nine months later after that. And it just kept going. It was so fast. It was like, boom, 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 all these moves. So we went from Florida 
to Texas. We were in Corpus Christi and then we went from there to Mississippi and that's when we had our wedding was when we were in Mississippi. We didn't get married in Mississippi. We got married in Colorado. But I was planning it from Mississippi and then we moved back to Texas and we were in Kingsville, Texas and then in Virginia Beach, then we got to go to Rhode Island, which was amazing. I mean, each of our decisions were something him and I, we would have a little bit of say in, but really the Navy just told us where we were going. We would have a little bit of like, hey, this is what we'd like, and then the Navy would say, yeah, but this is where you're going. My little brother told me about the moves that he remembers. We moved to Virginia Beach, and I don't have a lot of memory of that, but after that, we went to Rhode Island, and we lived there for about a year. And then we lived in Germany after that, Stuttgart, Germany, for like three and a half years. I think that was one of the harder places, too. Why? Well, it's just we lived in a village where <laughs> no one spoke that good of English except for that one dude down the road. There was nothing the same. My mom told me about one of the times the military suggested that she had a choice, but really her preference never mattered. The funniest thing is we put in all these requests and I remember your dad and I went through like, okay, so our first choice is F-14 West Coast. And then our second choice is F-18 West Coast because all of our family was either Colorado or California. So everything we picked, we wanted it to be West Coast. And like our third and fourth choices were, okay, fine, F-14 or F-18 on the East Coast, but those were like third or fourth choice. And your dad finished, it was called, um, well, he'll make fun of me for not knowing it, top, top something, I'm not gonna remember it, but he, he had the best landings out of his class, so he landed on the carrier the best. Um, so we thought for sure we'd get our top choice because we're like, okay, he's number one, we're going to get, he's number one or number two overall, so we're like, okay, we're going to get our first choice. And then Nana and Grandpa were there because he was getting winged and it was this big deal, and he got the phone call of where he was going, and it was our third choice. It was F-14's East Coast, and we're like, you've got to be kidding, and we, I was crying. And it's the most ridiculous thing when I look back on it because they give the top, whatever it was, whatever it's called, top, it's not top dog, I know that. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna be so mad at me for not knowing. Shut up. So anyway, it's top something. Anyway, they give the top, the ones that are really good with landing on the carrier, they give them F-14s because those are the hardest planes to land. And they are a beautiful plane. I mean, that is just an awesome plane. Well. And at this point, they are moving all F-14s from the West Coast to East Coast. So there weren't gonna be on any on the West Coast at all. So our only choice, and it is because he was so good, is he's gotta be F-14s, and it, unfortunately, it's gonna be East Coast. And it was the best thing in the world when I look back on that, thank goodness we got to live in Virginia Beach for so long and then spend so much time on the East Coast because it was amazing. And I love every one of our places we've lived and every move that we've done, but I mean, Six years in Fallon was enough. <laughs> Thank you. And even really the four years in Lemoore is plenty. <laughs> I showed my dad the recording of my mom calling the officer who gets the best landings in the class, Top Dog. And then I asked him to explain to me what she was actually talking about. 
So for carrier qualifications for the very first time, you know, you have 15 or 20 pilots, student pilots that are going out there. And this is normally one of your very last qualifications. So uh, we went out to the USS John F. Kennedy and you have a required number of landings. Uh, it was 10 landings at the time. And uh, whoever, every single landing gets graded. And whoever winds up with the best grades for the landing, uh, for landings during that carrier qualification period is the top hook, <laughs> not top dog. <laughs> um, how do your jobs and locations change in the military? Well, the way we are notified about that is by receiving orders. Um, a lot of times that's going to depend on your job, uh, your military specialty. So for example, me as a F-14, F-18 pilot, uh, there's only a few places where we have bases that have you know those squadrons uh, assigned there. So there was really only a few places like Lamore, California, Virginia Beach, where you're obviously gonna spend a lot of time in those locations if that's what you do. But for example, my dad, since he was a hospital administrator, he basically could go to anywhere the Air Force, you know, has has a base and a, and a clinic or a hospital uh, to do that. So usually that's every two and a half to three years, but a lot of times you'll get orders to like a school. So like I went to the Naval War College for a year and, uh, you know, so we only spent 12 months in Rhode Island when we moved, got orders and moved again. I asked my mom if she had another example of a time when the military had completely rearranged her life. We went from, well, and this is interesting too, because then from Virginia Beach, we said, we even had our, the, the movers came, packed up all our stuff, and everything was being sent to Lamore, California for him to go do some training there. And while we were there, they said, hey, an opening to Top Gun opened up. And that's when he had to do test flights, because a Top Gun instructor came out to Virginia Beach to see if he was Top Gun worthy, and of course he was. So then we had to call up the movers and everything and say, switch, we're not going to Lemoore, we're going to Fallon, Nevada. So then we moved to Fallon, and that is where your little brother was born. And you got to do preschool and kindergarten. And then we moved from there to Lemoore and spent a couple years in Lemoore. Then we went from Lemoore back to Virginia Beach. So we did a lot of across the country, Lemoore, California to Virginia Beach again. The fun part I like to say is that I spent 23 years in Colorado and then 23 years away from Colorado. During my conversation with John, he told me about his family's current station and the mindset he has because of moving around so much. This type of stuff, this doesn't, you know, this doesn't come in year one year two, year seven. This, this comes after you've done it for a long time and you, you know, you figured a lot of stuff out. But this one's been tough, not knowing anybody here in Florida. We're pretty far away from everybody. And then the impending transition to her being retired and, you know, and being a veteran. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. But the kids are in great schools. That's the only reason why we live where we do, because the commute for her is horrendous. Um, so, yeah, let's stick it out. That's what you do at this point in time. It's like, okay, we've got a chance to settle. Let's see if we can let the kids just stabilize for the last six years and, you know, and figure out what the hell they want to do. 
When my family moved away from Lemoore, California, after my first year of high school, we moved to Fallon, Nevada, for a second time. My family had some friends who had two daughters at the new high school I was going to. On my first day of school, the girls invited me to drive with them to one of the fast food restaurants nearby during our lunch period, which was super nice because I didn't know anyone yet. But then when I got to the parking lot, I couldn't find their car in time before they needed to go, and lunch was only 30 minutes, so they left me. I went back to the cafeteria, and all the tables were full, so I decided to go to the last classroom that I had class in before lunch, and I asked the teacher if I could have lunch in there. And that's the story of how I ended up eating lunch in my teacher's classroom for a year. It wasn't as bad as it sounds because after a while I made some friends and they would eat lunch in there with me, or I would work on AP homework to get ahead. My friend Erin told me about what it was like for her to move to San Diego the summer before her sophomore year of high school. So when I moved there, I started water polo, but the program at Coronado was like, the coach they had literally sends people to the Olympics. Like they were training us like we were Olympians, swear to God. And so I was doing that when I started school and my classes, and then they wouldn't let me take certain AP classes when I switched. They're like, oh, you're a transfer student. Like you just don't know what level we're at. So why don't you start here? And then if you succeed, then you can take whatever else. And I was like, I know, I know I can do it. <laughs> I was like, no offense, but my other school was harder and I can tell you that for sure. But so they literally wouldn't let me take certain classes to start and then I killed it. And they were like, oh, we've never seen anyone do this well. I was like, I told you. <laughs> so I did that. I did swim team that year, but I didn't do any clubs. They had one that was like, ooh, new students get to know the school, but it was complete bullshit. Like it wasn't actually doing anything to help me as a new student. And so I ended up, after that year, I actually quit sports altogether because I was like, no, I can't do that anymore, which I know if I had stayed at my other school, I would have maintained my sports because they had just one practice a day <laughs> and were much more reasonable. And like I had friends on the team, but coming in as a new person and they had all been playing water polo together since they were like literally in middle school or maybe even younger so they did not like me because I was a threat and they're like yes. fuck this girl <laughs> that is so relatable oh my god so yeah so I just didn't feel like part of the team and they weren't like outwardly mean but it was definitely I was not part of the team and it was very obvious and so I ended up quitting sports altogether and I got a job instead. Erin told me about how even though she was used to changing stations, it was hard when her family moved while she was in high school. I didn't think that moving in high school would be so hard because I already always done it. I was like, it's no big deal. I was like, I'll be really sad because we had lived in Newbury Park for five years at that point. So I was like, this is my fucking home. <laughs> and so when we moved, I was like, oh, well, you know, just another move. But something about high schoolers the transition was just so much different and since it was such a small school it was very clicky like I definitely like people were talking about the new and like I never felt that before as a child like no one was like the new girl but at this school I, was, I could tell that people were like who the fuck is that wow yeah eventually I mean sophomore year is the worst year of my life like no hand, hands down <laughs> sucked wow. ass but it ended up okay. I still, I love San Diego, but not the people, just the place. 
like I've never had trouble making friends that's what really made it so hard for me because I was like I didn't understand why they didn't want to be my friend because it's like I'm a new like girl how can you write me off before you even know I'm fun I'm cool (laughs) so it like hurt extra because it's like I'm on the team you know I'm going to be here every day like you have to interact with me and you still choose to like I would see them you know hanging out outside on social media all of them except me and I was like really really you couldn't have been like hey Aaron you want to come that sophomore year all I did was go to school go to practice and then I was home not ever hanging out and I was very depressed like eating a fuck ton because I was working out more than I was used to I gained I wish I had kept track but I gained at least 30 pounds that sophomore year I mean, I didn't look like I was fat, but it was not good. I've never lost it, <laughs> which I wouldn't have gained all that weight if I hadn't moved because I wasn't, my workout wouldn't have been different. And then that's, I ended up having like a big panic attack and then started going to therapy. And it definitely was because I had moved that like my depression became present. And I was like, yeah, it was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So eventually it got to me, but looking back, it's like, well, I always had it. I just didn't know it until I was alone by myself every day for a year. And then obviously I was like, my parents hate me because they made me move. Like, how dare you? I mean, it's good because obviously it's important that I got therapy and medication I ended up needing. And so if I hadn't moved, I probably wouldn't have figured that out till like 10 years from now which would have been unfortunate in my long-run life. My Nana and I had a conversation about her experience moving her family around with the military, and she told me stories about my Aunt Betsy, my dad Charlie, and my grandpa. Every move was for my husband's career progression, and if it was that, I moved gladly because I knew that was what needed to be done for his military career. But it was so hard because as a mother, you hope, I hope this is a good move for the children and you never know. Betsy, you know how mean girls can be. Yes. And she usually had a more difficult time than Charlie. Charlie was easy, his move was always good. And when we moved from California, where we had lived four years, the only time we lived anywhere four years was your dad's four years of high school. Wow, lucky him. Very, very lucky. The high school is here and you could see the junior high. Betsy was a cheerleader, she was a She was a big fish in a little pond. She was very involved and all the cheerleaders in high school knew Betsy Brown. And then we moved. And we moved on the Air Force Academy, a huge school, great, much bigger than her little junior high school. And she didn't know anybody. And there were only, even though the school was on base. It only had 11% military. 
So she was going to school with kids that had gone to school since first grade together. But she tried out for cheerleader and she made it. And that was a really good thing, but it was tough for her. And uh, those two years were really hard for Betsy. We were considering taking her out of that school and sending her to District 38, which is Monument. Wow. And then we got orders for England. So uh, I didn't want to move. It was not for career progression. He is. He was as far as he could go. He was a full colonel. I said, I don't want to leave. We have brought, bought this beautiful property where we built the house, and I don't want to leave. And he said, oh, just think of the traveling we can do. And I finally relented, but I really didn't want to go. asked my Nana after she took care of the house and the kids when her family would move what she would do next. This is something I told your mom, get involved. You'll meet people. So I was very active and in the military they always get two for the price of one. I knew that my job as a wife was to get involved, to volunteer, the officer's wives club, the Hospital Wives Club, and so that's what I did, and I always volunteered in the school where my children went because I wanted my finger on the school. I wanted to know who the principal was, the vice principal. I wanted to know the teachers. I did a lot of substitute teaching over the years because a teacher cannot have a career when they move as much as I did. So I did substitute teaching and that sort of thing, but that was key for the children that I know the school, who's in it, who runs it, meet the other kids by being a substitute teacher and being involved on different committees. So that was uh, key for me, for the children. So that's what I always did. My Nana has lots of pearls of wisdom that she shares with me and my mom, but one thing that no amount of pearls can prep someone for are the goodbyes. I asked my mom to tell me about what it was like for her when our family moved away from Rhode Island. We were only there for a year, and we lived in a non-military city. It was just not very many, and all of our neighbors were not used to military. And in one year, we made these fantastic relationships with all these wonderful people. Anyway, when we were getting ready to leave, there was like 20, 25 people lined up, you know, in our neighborhood just to say goodbye to us. And we would just go down the line and hug each one of them. And we spent our last night with um, some really good friends of ours, which are still really good friends of ours. She's one of my best friends ever. And we probably see them two to three times a year still now, which is fabulous. But we spent our last night with them Woke up in the morning, hugged them goodbye, and then went and caught a plane to Frankfurt, Germany. My family only lived in Rhode Island for a year, so I asked my brother if he remembered the big neighborhood lineup and saying goodbye to everyone when we left. I, I remember <clears throat> saying goodbye to a lot of people, but as soon as I got to Camden, that's when I started crying. 
And that was, that was tough because often mom and dad both would be like, you're the man of the house. So, you know, you got to be strong. But then, you know, I was like, I can't help myself. I'm, I'm so sad. I have to say goodbye to this guy that, you know, I was really good friends with. You only knew him for a year. I only knew him for a year, which was incredible because most of the time I don't make friends until after a year of living in a place. So <clears throat> there were a lot of memories made with that group of friends, for sure, especially Camden. I chatted with Miss Marlene from the ROTC unit at the University of Colorado Boulder about moving around so much. Every time I've moved, I've been sad to leave, for the most part. Sometimes right. I've been, I can't wait to leave. I can't wait to move. Right. But do you think about the people that you're leaving behind? Always. That's the worst them? part. That's the worst part. Yeah. I hate leaving people behind. Right. But then on a positive side, you know people all over the world, especially all over the country. True. But you've got people everywhere. Yes. Some of the people I've interviewed have been over FaceTime because I couldn't go to see them. They're not local. Right. right. <laughs> awesome. But had you grown up in the same place and gone to school the same place, look at places you've been and the people you've met and how that has influenced your life. My brother told me some heavy stuff about one of his worst moves. I was in seventh grade and I did not try at all to make friends. <laughs> I gave zero shits my first year there for sure. Um, and then what was that like? I was I, I wore a hoodie with shorts year round, um, hood on always, mouth barely ever opened. I would just do my work. Um, the swim team there, the Barracudas. Yeah, that was a that was a nice team. Um, I was the oldest and everyone else was a bit younger than me. So that kind of left like actual, actual friendships at a disadvantage there. Yeah. But with the coaches, I think I got a good friendship with all of them because they, I mean, not like I was like a star swimmer, but I was just like the older one who can score. I was also a massive 13 year old and right. 12 year old, but, True. um, so that, that was nice is that, you know, even at that age, like making friends with adults or coaches and like just having their support felt good. All the kids on the swim team were younger than me. So that just, that was not gonna, that's not how I was going to make friends. Yeah. And then finally, I think for me personally is that, you know, the mm -hmm. making a friend, but then having to leave <clears throat> And then because people know that you're in the military, sometimes they'll start dissing themselves before you even leave because they don't want to get hurt or say goodbye. I think I tried not to pay attention to it, but there definitely were some football players that I played alongside with that were kind of just upset with me, even though it wasn't my, it was not in my control. And so I just kind of didn't mess with them. I just tried to be with the people who I liked, and hopefully they liked me too. <laughs> My friend Noah told me about his experience knowing he was only going to be in a place for one more year before he moved, and how knowing that affected his mindset. 
So my first year of high school um, was when I was still in uh, Virginia Beach. We'd actually like switched locations. So like my, my first year of high school was at like a new school, like completely new building. I remember it was actually like the second, it wasn't even like the first, it was the second semester of like the first year. So like I had like one semester at like the old building. Wow. And one semester at the new building. Oh my gosh, this is like, a mess. <laughs> it, it gets, it gets better. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was like one semester at the old building. It's like, this is great. And then like we moved to new building. Like, wow, like this is so cool, but I'm going to be gone. You know, I'm going to be moving during the summer anyway. Right, and you have that mentality. I, I started my first year of high school with the same mentality, knowing that I was going to leave right after that freshman year. Right. And so you don't want to make like incredible friendships, but then you end up doing that anyway. And then yeah, you're like, behind. No, I, I agree. Like, I'll, I'll like, talk to people obviously and like you know like you said I was like I'm only gonna be here a year like like I'll, I'll like talk to you and like you know be you know like friends with you but like I'm gonna be gone so <laughs> it does so like it doesn't really matter my friend Zoe and I talked about the different times we lived in Fallon Nevada so we and we actually lived there once. Oh, okay. Thank goodness. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, wait, you lived there twice, didn't you? Yes, I lived there twice. But you, so you lived in Nevada twice, or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I went to. So okay, the first time I moved to, or the only time I moved to Fallon, I was. Oh gosh, I want to say eleven. Because mm-hmm. we were there for five years. So yeah, I was a sixth grader when we moved there. Wow. Where did you move from? Um, Nebraska. <laughs> you were in Nebraska and you went to Fallon, Nevada. <laughs> Living the dream life. <laughs> so you were in sixth grade when you were moving. Did sixth you, grade. was it, for me, it was really hard to leave my friends behind. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, as a sixth grader, that was probably my most challenging transition that I, that I remember. Um, what about it was so I don't awful? Know. I I feel like I had finally like got, you know, like you're getting a sense of self and totally, um, you're just learning about your, yourself and you're developing friendships and connections and you just sort of get that you, for the first time, I feel like you really realize that like leaving someone, if that makes sense. Totally. Leaving someone that you care about. I think that was the hardest move for me um, because I'd really developed some friendships. And then when I got to Fallon, I didn't really feel like there was any immediate connections with anyone. And it felt very, I don't know, isolating, I guess. You know, it's like a farming community. Like, (laughs) it just wasn't, wasn't my cup of tea. But I didn't know how to feel about that at the time because you're 11, you know? Every time we moved when I was younger, my parents would pump up me and my brother about picking and designing the layout of our new rooms in the new house. And I asked my friend Sarah if she ever got excited about designing a new room when her family moved. In California, Kate and I shared a room. And Jacob got his own room. I know. But it made sense. And then the new house, I had my own room. And so they were like, pick your room. 
and nobody wanted the room with like the book ledge that you can like sit on the window, like the window ledge no and like- No one wanted that? No one wanted that. And oh. I was like, this is my room. And I was yes. so excited. And then they're like, you get your, you get to pick your bed. And so I was like, hmm, maybe I'll do like, you know, I'm eight. Yeah. I was like, maybe I'll do one that's like lofted and I have a desk underneath and I can like do this and that. And the more I looked, I was like, hmm. I'm just gonna take Jacob's old bed, which was <laughs> a queen-sized bed. Sco. Sco. Big Sco. Yeah. And and my sister and brother like made fun of me for it at the time. And they were like, well, we're gonna get these cool new beds. And they got Kate got like a bunk bed, and Jacob got like two loft beds that like sat in an L with like a desk underneath. And they were like so jazzed about it. But come when I was like 12 or 13, I had the bitchin' huge bed. Yeah, and they yeah. had bunk beds. <laughs> And I was like, I did right. My mom told me about her life before she met my dad. And then she told me the things my dad said to her when they first met. For me, I've never, I grew up in the same place. So I grew up in Wheat Ridge, Colorado and went to the University of Colorado. So I was with my same friends from elementary, young elementary school all the way through college and had the same friends. Uh, two different neighborhoods, but basically the same, Lakewood and Wheat Ridge. And then, um, you know, I was at CU and I remember meeting your dad and him telling, well, first he told me his name was Charlie Brown. And I said, no, that's not even true. <laughs> that cannot be your name. And then one of the next things he said is that he was in the Navy, and then I thought for sure he's trying to pull my leg because there's no Navy in Colorado, so I don't know why he thinks he's Charlie Brown in the Navy. Like, why are you saying these things to me? Are you trying to impress me? Because I don't even think that's impressive. He was just trying to get a date. Yes, and then he said, don't you see me in uniform every Thursday? So I'm like, no, why am I noticing what you wear every day? <laughs> so, I didn't know and anyway yeah six years later we got married and yeah. Noah told me about something that made a big impact on him that comes from being part of a military family. Another thing that I don't really think about all the time but has definitely been like a part of being in the military is just I kind of touched on this before but like making like lasting friendships like especially in like the first like few years of my life I'd be like you know, moving like every two, three years or so. So like, it's hard to, you know, like form like those lasting friendships. Um, like two of like my best friends um, today are like, like that I met while I lived in Virginia Beach. Like they had lived in like the same house their entire lives. That is weird. Yeah, and like, <laughs> as like a military kid, I'm like, how is that possible? Like, how do you yeah. not like, like how do you not like lose your mind? <laughs> you know, just like staying in one place, like for like, your whole life basically like how do you how do you do that but um like I was very lucky to be able to stay there for as long as I did like 10 years like that's a significantly long time for yeah, a military family abnormal <laughs> yeah in some military career paths there's the opportunity to stay at one station for many years at a time like Noah's family did my friend Aaron told me about moving to San Diego and discovering that some military families don't move as much as others. And everyone told me, they're like, oh, it's a military town, like you'll fit right in. But what they didn't tell me was that it's one of the bases where most people, for some reason, I don't know why you can choose to stay there. 
kind of like Norfolk, a lot of military people can choose to stay there, which I didn't know. Like that blew my mind. I thought my mom was lying to me. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? We could have stayed in the same place. <laughs> and so I was really mad about that. So all these kids are like, yeah, I'm in the military. I'm like, oh, where have you lived before? And they were like, what? No. <laughs> They're like, I haven't moved. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I literally asked them. I was like, oh, so your dad's retired. And they're like, no. <laughs> That's funny. I would have assumed that too. Exactly. And so I was like, I went home. I told my mom, I was like, so their dad's active duty, but they've lived there their whole life. Like, that's wrong, right? And she was like, no people do that. So. My friend Sarah told me about her dad's career path and how it affected where her family lived. I was really lucky and didn't have to move around. I've been in Colorado for the past 14 years now. What happened was my dad went to the reserves and got to choose where he wanted to live next. And I think he was planning on being done after going to the reserves and just retiring as that. Um, So then we moved to Colorado and then they came out with a sweet deal where if you retire active duty, then you get benefits right off the bat instead of having to wait till you're like 65 or whatever. And so that's when he went back to active duty and that's why he was deployed to Afghanistan. Um, when I was a freshman in college. My friend Aaron and I discussed why it sucks switching schools so often. What was hard in elementary school is everyone learns about their specific state. So yeah. I remember moving to California and everyone was would always talk about the like state project and I was like, I don't. They all went to the state capitol and like had a trip and I was like, I never went to any state yeah. <laughs> capital. Or the reading, usually in high school, the reading, what would happen is like, I had read certain books freshman year and when I got there, like, oh, we're reading this. I'm like, oh, I already read that. But Mm -hmm. then they had already read things that I hadn't read. So cool. Totally. I just don't, I'm really want to work in policy sometimes for education because especially moving, I'm like, I think it's really fucked up that me coming from other states completely, completely changes what's going to happen. My brother and I talked about the negatives and positives of living in so many different places. Personally, there are, there are a lot of negatives about being associated to the military. Uh, one of them is that it sucks saying goodbye to people over and over again. And when someone asks me where I'm from, I'm, you know, I don't really know what to tell them. It's always like one or the other, or the world, you know. But I think the positives overall, the negatives for me, like now I have friends all over the world and I'm more adaptable and resilient now because of these experiences. So it's not all bad, and I definitely would not want to go back and change it. Thank you for listening to this Military Life podcast, where we have continued to unfold the influence of the military and have widened our eyes to how it has shaped the lifestyles of those involved. My interviewees were supporting this initiative, and I want to personally thank my mom, my dad, John, Sarah, my Nana, Marlene, Noah, Zoe, my brother, and Aaron for lending their time and sharing their stories. Their contribution will help build the military community, increase our understanding of military family dynamics, and uncover the giant influence the military has on everyone. Thank you for listening, and I can't wait for you to tune in next week.